And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my co-host, Joe DeLeon. Sir, another day, another coach has been fired. This time, Mississippi State Zach Arnett has been informed he has been let go by the Bulldogs. So we're at the really weird part of the season where the final two games are coming up and coaches are getting let go, coordinators are getting let go, and we had the first guy enter the portal. It was the very well-renowned, very highly sought after Spencer Petrus from Iowa. So be on the lookout if your team needs a quarterback. You can maybe add him to your roster. But I'm pretty sure be a whirlwind, man. Never take a quarterback from Iowa. Well, you remember it, Spencer it, Petrus last year, right? You you remember yes, him. I do. Terrible. But I will <laughs> never take a quarterback from Iowa. And you no. know what? The sad thing is, they're so bad offensively. It might not even be his fault. Right, and it, you know one thing I just realized? I completely didn't even know that he was still on that Iowa team. Uh, they were know, starting. Can you name any Iowa players not named Cade McNamara? Uh, Cooper DeGene, who's going to be a first-round pick, the the white corner that they have. But that's that's the extent of it. They are the worst team in the country on offense. How they're winning games is blowing my mind. Phil Parker deserves the Broyles Award. Oh, easily. Easily does. He, he deserves he it every year, to be real with you. That's their D.C., if you didn't know. It is going to be hilarious. Yeah, well, we talked about him and said that he was the best, one of the best defense we coordinators did. in the country over the offseason. We both agreed that he was the best D.C. in the country. It is insane to me that Iowa is just going to climb its way up to like a really weird ranking spot. There, there are probably going to be some people in the AP that put them at like 10 if Oregon State and theoretically like if Louisville lost this upcoming weekend and Tennessee loses, someone's going to try to do it. There's people that are going to try and position Iowa as the 10th best team in the country that have not been paying attention. No, they have not been. We do have some uh, super chats here. One for okay, one ninety nine. Michael Moore says, sorry, we, I had a meeting with Joe's mom. What Can are you we, six? Can you confirm uh, this? I can deny that that's not true. What are we, five years old? Come on, guys. <laughs> you can't, you can't take, you can take the boy out of the 318. You can't take the 318 out of the boy. Christ. Uh, Cody McGee with a $499 super chat says, with all the firings happened the past two days, is Sam Pittman next? Thank you, Cody, for the super chat. Well, they would have done it yesterday or today, so the fact that he's still coaching there means that he's probably going to get till the end of the week. But I, I'm shocked that they would not fall in line and start their search like everybody else's because they're likely going to compete for similar candidates uh, for their head coaching job with, with Mississippi State. So now or, Mississippi State has a leg up. Or you wait another year and let Sam Pittman go through this offseason, and then when he starts off – two and five, two and six, you fire him, and then you go, what up, Dion? You think, De well, didn't Dion, the first time they passed up on him, or what was the? Yeah, I don't think it was Arkansas. No, it was. He talked to Arkansas. That was the one that he spoke to, and they they went with Pittman. I don't know what the, the transpiring yeah, I don't, was. Even then, I'd wait. I think that there's going to be a cycle here where there's going to be a lot of good candidates. And I think there's a lot of really good G5 candidates that Arkansas could hire. And that's what, what they should be looking for is those types of coaches. No, they got too much money. People don't realize how much money Arkansas has. I just don't think it's as easy to recruit there as it is at these other programs. And you think and Colorado is? It's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't matter where Dion goes. Dion can recruit, and him being in the SEC would change a lot of things. Nevertheless, we got a lot to talk about. Zach Arnett has been fired after going five and six in Mississippi State. We will touch on that. Who are some candidates that we think that could take over for the Cowbells out there in Stark Vegas? Also, Georgia versus Tennessee, still the best team in the country versus the Vols, who are trying to get a little revenge. I don't think they'll get it this week. And then, Joe, upset alert this week. 
Upset alert this week. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. Hey, stop. You know stop. What happens every time you walk into Corvallis, can I tell you? This town plays. They got the holly, they got the Halloween colors. But Blake, the things are going down. If Washington's fan base was as vocal as the Alabama fan base was, but more people in our comment section will be talking about how much of a Washington hater you are. They and already are. The fact of the reality is, is that they're just polar opposites of one another. One's got an elite <laughs> defense. One's got an elite offense. They're not that far off from one Jalen another. Milrow, a thousand yards and ten touchdowns the last two weeks. He's played well, but what defenses has he faced? You could say the same about Carson Beck for a long stretch before he played two ranked opponents. And you know what Good you point. also could say? You could also say the same thing about Michigan. So I'm so tired of the who have they played argument. It is so played out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think that that's that's not what I'm doing here, though. I'm just implying that his his run of statistical. I'm talking about specifically the statistics, the performance in terms of the stats that he's put up. His numbers look really good because he played against LSU's defense. And then who did they play? Kentucky this past week. Like those games are going to be tough matchups for him. Like he's had his easiest. Okay, I'll games. just throw this out there: Kentucky or Michigan State. It's a good. It's a good point. Like I don't disagree well, I mean, with what you're again, saying. You've had. You've had. I'm not comparing teams. him to Michigan, though. I'm just saying that Jalen Monroe's stats are inflated. Oh my God! What did Michael Penix just do? I'm not going to come on Washington, Alabama. I'm just not going to do it. I don't have the energy for you today. We did start a little bit early so that we can get into this coaching search. So, Joe, we do have a lot we got to talk about here. Let's mm -hmm. waste no time. Uh, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. If you're on Facebook, share to all of those social media pages. If you're watching us on YouTube, Joe, the, the YouTube channel is blowing up. Do us a favor if you have not done so already. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit that notification bell. Joe is posting all kinds of videos throughout the day for all your content. You just go ahead and hit that notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. We greatly, greatly appreciate you doing that. Let's talk about our friends, though, over at betonline.ag. Moose State looking for another head coach. We will talk about that and some candidates coming up next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're back! Oh! I could pick another upset this week if we put Texas on the board. They're not losing to Iowa State. If they wait, 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 I will throw this out there. If they do get upset, I think that the Texas Tech game is more of a likely opportunity. Because Texas Tech's been playing some like weirdly good football lately. I'll concede that. I'll concede that it they need Quinn Ewers back very bad. So talking about we're back. Quinn Ewers needs to get back as soon as possible. They well, are he, not. He's back, but he's not. He clearly is not playing it total full strength the way that he played against. No, I, okay. Well, let me, you're right. Let me reemphasize. Yeah. Let me rephrase what I said. They mm -hmm. need Quinn Ewers beginning of the season, dude, back, not like actual body. That you're right. Right, right. I should paraphrase. All right. Here we go. Mississippi State today announced that they had fired their head coach after not really even one season. He didn't even make it a full year as the head coach in Stark Vegas. Zach Arnett is out. Joey went five and six at Mississippi State. Um, look, I, I do think – so I'm on the SEC teleconference every single week, mm -hmm. every, every week. Zach Arnett in the beginning of the year was a complete asshole. When people would ask him questions, he was an asshole. But I got to be real with you here. Did you really give him a chance? Because they didn't. 
Look, he's five and six at Mississippi State after the head coach, Mike Leach, tragically passed away. Okay. I don't, number one, you put him in an impossible situation. Mississippi State fans, I know that you're mad that you're losing and you should be, and you're getting blown out. I understand it. But you, I mean, the dude stood, stood up for you when tragedy struck and you're like, look, man, we got to move on. And, and look, I get it. You want to win. I'm not saying you shouldn't have moved on from him. Dan Mullen was five and seven in year one. Now, I'm not saying he's Dan Mullen. I'm not even saying he has the reputation of Dan Mullen when he took over in Stark Vegas. The question I would have is, did they give him enough time, number one? And then number two, how, how realistic is it that Mississippi State can actually make a good enough hire to start being a contender? Those are my two questions because I don't think that they can. I don't think that they will make a good enough hire to start getting Joe, if they go eight and four, nine and three every year, victory. So to address these two things, first, the perception that I understand in reading into this, the part of the reason why they get rid of Arnett is that they hired him after the tragedy that happened with with um passing of um oh my Mike. god, why is uh, Mike I uh, I don't know why my mind is just completely lost Mike today. Leach. Mike Leach. After he passed, they brought him in to be the interim and then take over coach because they wanted to keep the current staff together. They wanted to keep the current roster together. They didn't want guys to leave. They were trying to keep everything as cohesive as possible. But as you said, he was a bit of an asshole, and it seems like he also, within his direction of this program, was misguided. They, for whatever reason, offensively, completely went away from what they were doing under Leach, which was the air raid. And it worked well. And Will Rogers was really productive. They said that we're going to grind the ball out and we're going to run the ball. And the team's just not built for that. It completely defeated the purpose of him being the guy to replace Mike Leach, him trying to say, oh, we're going to do things my way. And it didn't even work. The worst part about all of this brought back all these guys that are really experienced. Their defense stunk. And he's a defensive coach. Their defense was terrible this year. So I think that to see that there already was not a positive direction from the jump, there were just a lot of red flags. I also think that he was coming into this with a really short leech, leash because of the timing of Leach's passing. And this was realistically, this was a guy who was basically an interim coach. If he did good things, they would keep him. And if things didn't look good, they would just move on to the next chapter. The timing they were screwed out of point. being able to do a real search. I think that's what happened here. I do think they panicked. Yeah. Okay. You could you can make a search. You can go hire an offensive coordinator from somewhere if you're going to pay him four million dollars. You know, like you you can. It's an excuse. Okay. I understand that. Okay, that he. How do I want to say this? Um, did things his own way and probably should have not done that. But, okay, I'm old enough to remember that he's a first-time head coach, and coaches, head coaches should have the ability to change things, right? Like, I yeah. know that he moved off of it. They did some different things. That's fine, okay? They're 103rd in total offense. They're not good. I get all of that. But – Regardless, if you wanted him, if you didn't want him, you did need to make the change. I'm not trying to sell Zach Ornette that you shouldn't have fired him, that you shouldn't have moved on. Don't get me wrong here, okay? But you did the dude a little dirty, all right? And he stood up for you when you needed him because you were in mourning after what happened. That's all I'm saying. Now, here's the truth. Who are some realistic candidates? Now, I'm going to throw out a coach for uh -huh. you that you're probably going to call me crazy on. He no, makes a lot will. of sense. What's all Rich Rod up to these days? I actually don't hate that one. That's one that I've seen out there. I think that that's a really good one. R Rich Rod makes it's a lot of sense. Instant offense. You have the pieces of spread. You can recruit. I don't know if he would come in and recruit, but, man, he would make a very, in my opinion, he could build them. He can win seven, eight games a year there. He he can do that. I think Rich Rod 
for what that he has done over the last couple of years has made himself. All right, look, you live and you learn. Now, I don't know if Rich Rod is a guy that they would want to go for, okay? But you did go make a splash a couple of years ago and went and hired the Pirate. Is there somebody else out there that you can make that big of a splash with? Right. I don't know if there's necessarily anyone completely on the radar, but here's the key thing that you asked this question a second ago, and you, you've effectively answered it as well. Mississippi State, despite that one period of time where they were the, the first team to ever be ranked number one in the college football playoff ranking, this is not historically a really good SEC program, and I think that it's going to be even harder for them to win as this conference expands. Oh, they're further. not going to win. Like, that's, no. let's not. It's, it's not a national championship winning team, but they are it's capable not a national of championship winning culture, Joe. Right. It's hard for them to recruit. The state of Mississippi is, is hard to recruit in. It's just a, a very tough region to recruit because there's not as many athletes in the area. Especially but they can, with Lane there, too. Right. Right. They can still be an eight, seven, eight win team maybe have a couple of good years where they do better than that and maybe surprise some teams. But what they need to do to accomplish that is developing high three stars, low four stars, whoever you can pull that's local, and also having creative offensive and defensive approaches. So I look at, and I'm looking for somebody who's coming from a smaller program, a G5 program. Jamie Chadwell. Well, Jamie Chat. Well, Rich Rod was actually one of the guys that I had written down. So oh, okay. that's why I'm not. I thought you, I thought you were going to no. kill me for that. I, no, I, I, I think it's a great pick because you need somebody who knows how to produce success with mm -hmm. limited talent and is offensively minded, is creative. I like Rich Rod, but Jamie Chadwell, yes, is the other one that I wrote down. I don't know how he hasn't gotten a big job, and I guess because there there weren't that many big openings last year. He's won everywhere he's gone, and he's a, a very unique offensive approach with the. Uh, the option style offense that they run, I, I think that would work perfectly. He's a Southern guy. I think that him or Rich Rod's a really, really good fit. Well, I look at Rich Rod as an example, okay? And now, look, I know that people are going to hate that. What he's done at Jacksonville State, Joe, for me, I, I do think that Rich Rod should, should get a chance here. Now, I'm not a 1,000% sure where they're going to go here. You remember he was at Ole Miss in 2019. They – look – I'll give them this. That 2019 Ole Miss team, they ran for like 400 yards against the national champion LSU team. I know that LSU played Bama the week before that. He was at UL Monroe. He was the assistant head coach, OC, quarterbacks coach, gets the head coach at Jacksonville State. We remember him for his time at Michigan, West Virginia, Arizona, all those good things. I just think that he could, he could do what I think that they want. All right, now – I don't know if Jamie Chadwell is on the table here for them. If I'm Jamie, you think he wouldn't do it? I would not do it. I wouldn't do it because it's an uphill battle. I, I like so. For an example, fair point. You would you would have to, and I don't think that there's one out there. Mm -hmm. You would have to go after a dude like Lane to win at one of these Mississippi schools. Now, the question is: Is there's a guy on TV right now that can go there and win? We've seen him go there and win. I know he doesn't really want to recruit a lot of times. Maybe he's learned his lesson a little bit. I, I know that he's in TV. He's making some money. He's worried about family, buddy. I'm just telling you right now. My number one phone call. You're gonna hate it. My mm -hmm. number one phone call is to Dan Mullen. I don't hate it, and I said this to you pre-show. I was listening to the Cover Three podcast earlier and they brought up a really good point apparently and this is something that's not really totally public knowledge dan mullen's son is a really good golfer high school golfer mm -hmm. so it it sounds like he's really liking the tv gig and he might just stick around doing that but i agree with you i i'm calling him first to say dan look i know you want to get back in coaching we want to get you back here here's one thing though if you call Dan Mullen, are you not worried that he's not taking that job to eventually jump ship again? He already bailed on you once. Uh, does it matter? Because it means you're getting back to winning. Yeah, but you're you you're don't hide, a winning you for one year. Like, what's yeah, the point of you that? You're starting from scratch in a problem. couple of years. And any one of those Ole Miss or any one of those Mississippi schools, do you think that Lane doesn't use Ole Miss as a stepping stool? I mean, hell, he almost went to Auburn. And look, I'm just going to tell yeah, you, I know people point. are calling me crazy. Don't kid yourself for a second that there's not going to be – look, 
in coaching searches, I'm telling you, A&M's going to talk to Lane, whether they, he does anything or not. But they're going to talk yeah. to his agents. They're going to test the waters on Lane. I promise you they will get the feel of what's going on with Lane. Yeah. It's always going to be a stepping stone. Always. Like, you got to be realistic who you are, okay? I'm going to be real with you. Here's another one. You're going to balk at this. Over the last 10 years, well, really 12 years, you know what other school that's been premier that's also been a stepping stone for dudes? Oregon. And you're not even half the program that Oregon is. Look at the coaches that have been at Oregon that have well, used – hold on. Okay, go ahead. used that as a stepping stone. I'm old enough to remember when Chip Kelly used that to go to Philly. Yeah, but he left to go to the NFL. He didn't leave to go to – It's go still to a SEC. stepping stone. yeah. And, and Mario left to go to Steve Miami because he coached there. Steve Sarkeesian doesn't leave at Texas. Brian Kelly doesn't leave in LSU. Maybe he would. Maybe. But he's older. But you kind of get what I'm saying. Nick okay. Saban's yeah. not leaving Bama. Nobody's going after Dabo. Ryan Day would be the exception because he has an NFL background. But he's not going anywhere. Look how difficult it's been for the NFL to pluck Harbaugh. Yeah, well, because he's it's an his alma mater, so it's gonna be a little, little harder there. You have had schools where they've been stepping stones. Mississippi okay. State is a stepstone type of school. I, I'm sorry, you just are. Now, in other sports like baseball, no, you are a premier top tier dude. All right, Mississippi State is one of is the cream of the crop when it comes to college baseball and college football. I'm just gonna call it what it is. You are a bottom tier Power Five school. They uh, they typically are, and I think that they're capable of a little bit more than that. The other name that I throw out there, and I think it's one that you'd probably anticipate, Willie Fritz. I think from Tulane makes a lot of sense, and knowing that what Willie Fritz has done at Tulane, and man, they talk about developing talent. He's taking Willie some guys Fritz like is getting some play at A and M. Willie Fritz is getting some play at A and M. There's some people. He, he makes sense name. there. It makes sense at AM. I wouldn't push push back. Really, that. Fritz could go to Mississippi State and make them a winner. Oh, I think he could too. I mean, we look at the the amount of NFL guys that he's produced over the past couple of years. There's at least two guys that come out every single season, and that's that's unheard of for for an American conference school. The only exception is is what Cincinnati did a few years ago, and that was a a total rarity. So I, I really think that Willie Fritz is is one of those guys that should be at the the top of that discussion. Um, we do have a super chat here from yeah, Cody. Sorry. Let me let me read this right quick. For a nine ninety nine, he says, "Would you consider these top five head coaches in Mississippi State? James Franklin. James Franklin's not leaving Penn State. That's his. Unless he gets fired. Yeah, and that's his favorite school. That's his like Cody. That would be to you your LSU. Dan Mullen coming back. We talked about uh, Willie Fritz, Bill O'Brien. Now that could be a little sleeper because there are yeah, some chaotic like things one. going on." But he doesn't recruit well enough. I don't think he want to do that. Cliff Kingsbury is off the Mike Leach tree. I don't like the Kingsbury pick at the end there. I I think his name is getting way too much run. And considering we have to rem, we have to remind ourselves here before he took that head coaching gig with the Cardinals that he shouldn't have been offered. He was getting beat at Texas Tech. But he was also a coordinator. He needs to get a coordinator gig before he gets another head coaching I agree. gig. I agree. I don't. I, I can't see that. They do need to think outside the box here. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. They're going to have to think outside the box. But look, if I I'm gonna, look, I'm just telling you, Willie Fritz. So here, here's the problem now, Joe. Too very quickly before we move on. You know the playoff committee met, and they're thinking about doing instead of six, six and six, they're thinking about doing five and seven. So five permanent opponents, seven at large bids. Right? Helps the power five. The problem I have with Willie Fritz leaving. Willie Fritz, if this year, like so, this year alone, brother, he'd be in the playoff. If it were if it were twelve teams, he'd be in the playoff. They'd be competitive so, too. Uh, they wouldn't be competitive. They they're competitive with Ole Miss. They get lined up with the team. Like God, yeah. like Joe, Joe. Think about this. God forbid Alabama beat Georgia. Georgia would be a num the number five seed. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, okay, a, and then Georgia would have point. to face Tulane in Athens. It would, it would, <laughs> buddy. It'd be a splattering. Do you hear me? If I okay, it'd I be think splattering. They it wouldn't would happen. Destroy. They would destroy Tulane. 
It wouldn't right. happen, but I think if they theoretically played like Penn State or something, that game would be closer than some. But people they're not going to play at Penn State, and right. you know it. Right. The number five seed is going to be the uh, the best conference loser. Yes. Okay, and they're going to get killed. But the problem is he's going to get in the playoff. So for those reasons alone, I don't think he could ever get to the playoff at Mississippi State. Like I just don't. Yeah. That's a, that's an angle that I think needs to be brought up here, and it, the same could go for Jamie Chadwell, who I brought up. Rich Rod, probably not, but Jamie Chadwell is going to go undefeated. If Rich Rod and continues to have success, Joe, the yeah. hell he can't. Well, that's what I'm saying is that uh, more so with Jamie, but it, it would it would be really hard for Jacksonville State in year two to sneak into the playoff. But Liberty can; they they could sneak in as that G five team. Now. Dude, they're still undefeated. Did they have know? a soft schedule, though. They have one of the softest I, schedules in the country. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Joe, they went through a coaching change, and they're undefeated. That that should be praised. Not, not a lot of guys left, which is huge. Very massive. All the right. Slaughter you, kid's good. Yeah, let's get to that. You want to talk a little Georgia and Tennessee here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I do want to give Harlan, our good buddy, over at the um, Double Fries No Slaw podcast, the Florida State boys, he said, go no Knowles boys since the 499 Super Chat. Thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate Georgia it. and Tennessee. Joe, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to this game. Georgia coming off what I think is arguably their best performance of the season, even though they had a splattering a couple weeks ago against Kentucky. I thought this past weekend was Georgia's best performance, but they go up against a Tennessee team at home, just got slobber knocked by Missouri. Can't believe that I'm saying that Tennessee got slobber knocked. They did. I'm going to say something that is not going to get a lot of praise this week on this game. Okay. I think Georgia wins 14, 17 points, but I do think that it could be closer than some believe. Let me tell you why. I tell you this every time it happens. A team that's in the top 25. When they go on, when they go back home after getting embarrassed on the road, don't play with them. Do not play with them. But I do that for every other team besides Georgia because it doesn't matter. Georgia's going to come out and play. Like they're, <laughs> they're going to come out and play. I think Georgia is the hottest team in the country, they are the best team in the country. I do like Tennessee and what Josh Heupel has done. But, Joe, you know that I like bringing up stats to back up some things that we talk about. They're still a top 17 offense, Tennessee is. I don't think anything that I say is going to matter because of this one reason. You're not going to win mainly due to because you're playing Joe Milton. I got to be real with you. I don't know if you don't need to go with Nico. Like, I... Dude, talk about throwing a guy to the Wolves, man, if they threw him sounds, against Georgia. Sounds good. But you know what? You are throwing him to the Wolves, and I and I get that. But, Joe, I got to be real with you. Those game reps, he will not see a better team, okay? He will not – and they're not going to do this. They're going to roll with yeah, Joe Wolves, yeah. okay? Yeah. But give him a, a look. Give him a run. Give him a zone read. Make You're going to have to do some different things and – Run some things that Georgia has not seen this week if you're going to pull up the upset. The only way, Joe, the only way that they can remotely upset Georgia, two things, if Georgia plays down to, oh, we won the SCEs, yada, 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 if you're, they're on the road, whatever. Carson Beck finally has a bad game. Joe Milton's going to have to throw for 300-plus, and I don't think he can do it. Can't. Against this secondary? So I actually think that you bring up a really interesting point here. Uh, Nico Aymalvea, he's going to get in this football game, but when it's 30 to nothing and Georgia's up by that much in the fourth quarter, look, I, I think that you bring up an interesting angle here where very often when teams are embarrassed on the road, they're going to come back more prepared in practice. I have been in as on a bad football team. I was on a very, very bad football team in college, and we got blown out plenty of times. And that next week, we came back fighting, and when the score was much closer, usually a one-score game. So when you have that mentality, yes, you're going to come out swinging, and you're not going to get embarrassed as much. But we're talking about the fact that they're playing the University of Georgia here. 
They're not playing any other SEC team. They're playing Georgia. Right. Plain and simple, what we've seen from Tennessee this year, Blake, in the games that they've struggled the most is opposing teams that have figured out their offensive approach, which is if they take away the run game, they can't throw the ball. They will not have success throwing the ball. It happened in the second half against Bama. It happened against Missouri. It's happened in other games throughout the season. Florida is another really good example. Plain and simple, with how hot this defensive line is right now for Georgia and how weak Tennessee's offensive line has been, how much they've struggled recently, they're going to tee off. Jalen Wright, Joe Milton will not have the rushing lanes that they need to succeed if they struggled last week. They're going to struggle running the ball this week against an even better defensive front. And when they're forced to throw the ball and they're trying to play catch up after this thing gets away from them early, Joe Milton's going to do what Joe Milton does. Hold the ball too long. He's going to get hit. It's going to lead to sacks. It's going to lead to turnovers. This is just a terrible turnaround. Is there anything that they can do to win? Is there anything they can do to upset Georgia? And let me ask it another way, too. Joe, I I think Georgia is going to have to lay a massive egg for them to lose now yes that's that's the reality of it if, if you're going to lose that football game it means you're sleepwalking through it that's the only way that i could see it it's a total mismatch <sighs> tennessee i went back and watched this game today they only had the ball for like 20 minutes and abandoned the run because they had to they like they had to abandon the run because they could not they had to get Joe Milton exactly what you're talking about. Missouri did it to him. Joe, they're still the number a uh, top 10 rushing offense. Now, <sighs> stats can be can be very deceiving. deceiving, right? And so it got me last week, right? Like it got me last week. I thought Tennessee had grown up a little bit. I thought Joe Milton had gotten better, especially just running the football. They have it. And I I do I will say this. I do think Carson Beck is facing a secondary in Tennessee that is not really good. They they are in the 70s, I believe Tennessee is, and mm-hmm. passing yards allowed. Carson Beck could go off again. And, and look, I, I, I that would this will be the third, probably and arguably the third ranked team that they've played in a row, meaning Georgia, and they're going to win all three. Okay, that's an impressive little run here, and going into. And look, facing a feisty Georgia Tech team, I know people, Georgia fans are going to laugh at that, but they are a little feisty little, they're like a gnat, man. They're just pest. They're just a little pest. So, look, if there's any chance Tennessee can can pull the upset, Georgia's got to lay a flat egg. Milton's got to go for over 300 in the air. And look, I don't, I, I just can't remotely visibly see him doing anything close to that. He's had opportunities. To play really well, and, and, and you know he's what? Faltered man? every single time. That's the that's the biggest issue here. He has faltered every single time he has been asked to step up to the plate as a passer, as a runner. He's made some great great things happen against Alabama. He he ran his ass off. He ran over an Alabama defender, and they were cooking because he yeah, was running so early. well. And but then in the second half, he got absolutely zilched. He's hold he again. He is one of the worst quarterbacks in the country when it comes to holding the ball and not having that internal clock of knowing when to get out, when to get rid of the football. He just, he does not have that trait, that ability to know when to get rid of the football. And this is just the worst matchup to deal with, you know, coming into this week for, for his weaknesses. Man, I, I do, I do hate that for Tennessee, but you're facing a steamroller, man. One thing that I I will say I, I think Carson Beck's going to throw for over 300 again. And I do, Joe, I, I got to be real with you. I think he needs to be on the podium before Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he needs a New York invite more than Marvin Harrison. So yeah. he's not getting the the praise that he deserves. I, I'm going to be real. I think they're better offensively. I, I think top to bottom – they are more dynamic and more explosive offensively than they were a year ago. I know. I, don't, I agree with that. I, I mean, completely agree with that, dude. He is. In, he Carson Beck has all the tools, man. All the tools. When I watched uh, the game from Ole Miss, because I, you know, I had to go back and watch it. I was watching it during it when it was live. wasn't able to really focus in on it. I, I, I'm just going to be real. His pocket mobility, like inside the pocket 
is great. so good. Dude, it's elite. Like, I had an NFL scout, uh, uh, actually a buddy of ours, okay, told me this, I think, late yesterday, which made me go and, and like, watch him do this. Said that he might be the the bet. He reminds him of Brady the way that he moves inside the pocket, like the way that he feels pressure. With that being said, Joe, I'm going to pick Georgia by 17 here. Okay, I think it gets to 17 just because that game's on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the home crowd. It may be not extending, but again, if you're not able to convert on third down, Tennessee has not been great at that. They're going to get boat raced. I'm going to go Georgia 20-plus. I just have to throw in a take here, just any opportunity I can to, to piss you off. Uh, your points about Carson Beck are, are, are very on point, and, and I think that it fully supports my argument of why I was not critical of Stetson Bennett, but why my, I reemphasize that their success last year was because the team was really well-rounded, and the reason why they won national championship was not because of Stetson Bennett's performance, but because of the team's performance. It could be argued that there's less receiving options. There's less receiving options this year. Oh, bullshit. But what I'm trying to get at is that Carson Beck has stepped up to the plate in instances where he's needed to, and he has helped this receiving group. There's not a guy that statistically is like leading any categories receiving right now. I don't believe so. They are. He has taken advantage of a lot of opportunities. They have love it. They have the Bell kid. They got McConkey. They got Bowers. They got Delt that has more experience. They have more weapons now than they did. A, more uh, uh, Ray Ray. Uh, what was his name? Uh, God, dog it. Help me hit uh, Thomas. Right. Yeah, Rod. Rod yeah, yes. Rod, Rod, Rod Thomas. They did not have the weapons that they did a year ago. Well, they also had a Donnie Mitchell last year who left. And he was now going to be a first-round pick coming out of Texas. Sure, but that is a little bit different considering what Mitchell went through a year ago. I mean, he. I mean, come on. I when he was I, needed, I, when he was needed, I'm just going to throw this out here. When he was needed, where did Bennett go? So when he had weapons, with the just, Brock Bowers. By the way, C.J. Stroud in the NFL. My goodness. Oh, unbelievable! unbelievable. I still can't believe. Those are show how good that defense was. Michigan yeah. and Georgia's. All right. Let's do this. Let's get to home field apparel really quickly. We got to roll. We got Washington, Oregon State, and then we'll get our picks. Um, so stay with us. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. I'm so excited for this segment. Oregon State and Washington, tee it up. In Corvallis this week. Do you smell, Joe? Do you smell what is a brewing in Corvallis for this weekend? Because I smell it. I smell the upset coming. You're such a hater. You're such an unbelievably big hater. Again, I get criticized for being a realist about Alabama, but here you are slandering the good name of the Washington Huskies who have been phenomenal and have a much lighter schedule. All right, stop. They have not been phenomenal. Offensively, they have been. They've had a couple rough games. Is the offense the only team, the only side of the ball that plays? Their defense has made plays when they've needed them to. That's all that matters. Is the defense good or bad, yes or no, in Washington? Mediocre. It's below mediocre. mediocre. It's a below average, and you know it. You know it. Joe, they're they're 122nd in pass yards allowed. Yeah, it's bad. I know. Okay, I understand it's bad. You. All right. So listen, 
Corvallis this weekend, Oregon State Beavers, Washington Huskies. I will admit this. I'm going out on a limb, okay, and picking them. I do I, – I, I would be the least – because I know Washington fans think I hate them. I do not hate you. I really don't. I, seriously, dude, I don't. I think we saw a blueprint last week against Utah, and Oregon State can complete that can can complete that game plan. I know that you're not a big DJU fan. I'm not necessarily a massive DJU fan myself, but he's better than Bryson Barnes. Joe, let me tell you what's going to happen in this game. Oregon State's going to keep the ball away. They're going to they're going to try to run the football and and play keep away and hit critical passes when they need to. Here's the thing that people who don't watch Oregon State football need to know. Joe, they are one of the best rush offenses in the country. One of the best. They are the top, they're in the top 20. I'm going to say this every single week until I'm blue in the face. Washington is not. They are not. They sold out all game last week against Utah to stop the run and made Bryson Barnes beat them. He couldn't. You cannot do that against DJU. As bad as he's been at times, he is good enough to complete the open passes and run the scheme that they need to run. By the way, they are a top 15 team in rush defense. They are a – they are the – for this year alone, this year alone, they are the Coca-Cola version of Utah. And that game was a seven-point game at home. This one is on the road – Oregon State is going to come up with this upset. I I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones. Final point here. Everybody has told me, and the biggest lie that I have heard all year long when we talked about Oregon State, the only other game, Joe, that we had on the docket for Oregon State, actually it was two. The last one was Oregon State versus Utah, and I got obliterated in the chat about me saying that you better start putting some respect on Oregon State's offense. Got obliterated. Joe, they're number 19 in the country in, in total offense. They are not as bad as people are painting Oregon State to be offensively. They are going to run the ball. They are going to play keep away. And if Michael Penix is not phenomenal, I'm talking about everybody wants him at the podium for the Heisman. He's going to have to go off like we've seen Bo Nix like we've seen Jaden Daniels. He is going to have to go absolutely insane, I'm telling you, to win this football game. I like that you use the word, um, we've got the blueprint. You, you described it as a blueprint of what Utah did last week against Washington. Correct. I'd like to point out that we have a blueprint of why it's easy to beat Oregon State. Might I remind you, when Oregon State played Washington State, which is a much worse football team than Washington, but a very potent passing attack. Weak defense that is underperformed, despite my – by the way, don't bring up the things that I've said about Washington State. I don't want – I don't. Do, we're, we're not talking about that. My point is here is that Washington State, despite having one of the worst rushing attacks in the country and one of the best passing attacks in college football, they found a way to beat Oregon State. And the way that they did that is by saying, we're going to play fast-break basketball, we're going to throw the ball deep down the field. We're going to pick up yards and chunk plays, and we're going to force you to play our game of football. That is what I have described Washington as, and they do it way better than Washington State does. Look, it does stink that this is in Corvallis. Washington has not Washington traveled State. well because they haven't, they haven't traveled well. I will admit that they have not traveled well. But I stand by the fact that I have watched, I have seen, I have witnessed Oregon State falter with opportunities to get big wins, and most importantly, have failed to win in a matchup that was already very similar to this. I do not they think... almost lost last week in a very similar one, too. Oregon State or Washington? Washington almost lost last week in a similar-style football team. They still found a way to win. They that still do just enough excuse. to win. It cannot be your excuse every single week. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. It is an excuse. Joe, Washington is 122nd in the country and passing yards allowed. They still will put up way more points on the board than Oregon State is capable not of doing. Not if they play keep away, they won't. 
they can't though. That's the that's the whole thing is that it's a misconception. I believe it's a misconception to assume that keep away can be played against this Washington team because everybody keeps trying to do it and they still put points up on the board and they still score really quickly. Utah is. I'm going to say something that's going to be outlandish here, and I know that you're not going to agree. Utah is not a top 25 team. They're still a really good defense, and they still put a point. Sounds up, cute. Points up on Sounds them. cute. They're not a top 25 team. Do, don't you dare give them a big-time win over a team that has no business being in the top 25, and deep down in your bones, you know it. So you wait, I'm con- wait, wait, I'm confused here because you're like this. You're discrediting the Utah win, but then you're also using the Utah win of, uh, no, as evidence of why it, Oregon no, State's going to win. You got it reversed because of the fact that I think Utah is so anemic offensively. It makes me look to the forefront and say, "Bro, how are you going to allow Bryson Barnes to throw for two, throw for two sixty seven on you, Joe? Two sixty seven. Look, DJU's going to have a great game, man. I, I don't doubt that that's going to happen. And they're going to run the ball well. But they do not. Their corners are very mediocre. They're very mid. And their I'm interior defensive well, line's not I good. never came out here and said they're going to blank them. But I I, I'm going to tell you what I feel. I, I'm not going to say it's going to be to this extreme. You know what I feel like gonna, it could, could happen here? I'm not going to say that they're fully going to go Missouri on them. They're going to attempt to hold on to the football for 35, 40 minutes. That's how they – this style of team, this Oregon State t- style of team, that's the only chance that they have of beating Washington. Now, I will agree with you. If they beat Oregon State, I it would not shock me in the slightest. They have not played good on the road at all this year. Joe, the last time that I visibly watched the entire game of Washington on the road, Stanford. Yeah, they played poor. I look, that's the one thing I will concede here is that they have not traveled well, which is a problem. And it's it's something that I'm I'm a little wary of. If this was in Washington, I think it'd be a foregone conclusion that they win this football game. But I, I just can't ignore the fact that if we're matching up these two teams, yes, we can say that Oregon State's going to try to play a keep away, but I do not see anybody defensively in their secondary that is going to provide any challenge for Polk, McMillan, and Adunze. It's like when we watch March Madness. such a wild game. Dude, he had three catches, 111 yeah. yards, and two touchdowns last week. He was, he's, he was insane. He's doing it every single, every other week. It's like watching a, a March Madness game or a, a Pac-12 uh, tournament game. And it, like good examples, like Arizona always has these really big, big power forwards and centers. Mm-hmm. And then you're watching like, um, like Arizona State trot out there or Oregon State trot out there to try and guard those guys with sub seven footers. You just don't have the bodies to do it. You can try and do whatever you want to keep them, you know, keep them out of the paint, but you're not going to s- succeed every single time. They're going to get those plays. You might stop them on first and second down, but third down, they're coming around and they're going to pick up that big play when they need it. I- I've seen a lot of people saying in that Stanford game that the entire team had the flu. Okay. I- Sounds good. You didn't have the flu last week, and you beat a team that you should have beat by twenty one by seven. That that let game me, was more lopsided just, than the score indicated. Just, Joe, no, it wasn't. If, if they you're missed, within it, Joe, I'm sorry, and I love you to death. I really do. If a team has the football down seven and is making a drive to go and score and tie it, the game is not bigger than what you think it is. I'm sorry. I love you to death. I really do. But please stop with that. I, I don't agree. I I really thought that that Washington – because the reality of it was is, yes, they were up by seven, and Utah had the football with, what, a, a minute and a half to go? There was no chance in hell that they were marching the ball down the field because they had to run the ball. What do you mean that there's no chance in hell? The only way that they were having success was was trying to run the football. And they they can't move quickly. But in a minute 30, they can't move the touchdown passes. What are we talking about? Utah was never going to move the ball down the field that quickly to score. They just were not. It was not going to happen. And if Washington hit that field goal, it was a 10-point football game. you're down seven and you have the ball with two minutes left, it's not a it's not a wider margin, especially if a, when the team if scores a kid doesn't, points. 
If a kid doesn't drop the ball at the one-yard line, it's a bigger blowout than it was. Comment of the night. Nick Rizzuto, Joe must be on Delta 8. I'd love to have some right now, but we'll be good. (laughs) God. If you smell what the rock is cooking, upset alert. You've picked against them. How many weeks in a row have you picked against them? Or how many times have you picked against them? Uh, Once, Oregon. I'm trying to remember because he didn't pick Utah. No, I I I've picked Washington every. No, you week. picked USC. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I will go. I will. Go. Oh wait, yeah, I did. Yeah, dude. you did. Yeah, I'm you gonna pick, pick against USC them every week. I'm gonna pick against them every week. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Bolden kid. Okay, four, 42 catches, 598 yards, four touchdowns for Oregon State. Nobody's talking about. Damian Martinez. I, I like guy. Martinez. He's a thousand yard back. He, uh, I'm telling you, don't sleep on him. The problem with me though is, two, in all in all seriousness and all fairness, outside of that Notre Dame game, and in a loss, DJU has folded in big time spots. Yes. If I wrote this down, DJU might have a career game. This is kind of a bad, bad setup for him. Quick sec before we do transition to top 10 um, power rankings. I got to give a quick shout out to, to Talise Fuaga, the right tackle for Oregon State. The kid's phenomenal. He does not get enough recognition. I think that he might be the best offensive tackle in the country and nobody talks about him. He might be the first tackle selected this year. I've posted clips of him on my Twitter. I implore anybody to go watch him. I don't know if you've seen him, but the kid is a mauler. He is massive, and he completely just drops kids. That I'll send you the clips that I posted. I don't know if you saw them, but he's just so – he's one of those linemen that's fun to watch because he's just punching – like one arm quick pop in the chest, and these kids are just going going flying because he's hitting them so hard. What are you smiling at? Lucid saying that I need Washington to look bad for LSU. That's not true. That doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. He's going to win the Heisman regardless if Washington wins or loses. Yeah. It, it really doesn't matter to me. It, it really doesn't. But there comes a point where I think that they're at, – Joe, at some point their defense is going to bite them in the ass. Whether it's this week, next week, against Oregon on fr- Friday night uh, in um, Las Vegas, at some yeah. point it's going to bite them in the ass. Like, if you're a Washington fan, you know that I'm right. You know that I'm right. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Biggie Ron, BG Ron, whatever, however you say it. Big Iron. Big Iron. He's an FCS listener. Okay, so Big Iron. Big yeah. Iron says um, it's also going to be really windy and rainy. If it's 16-mile-an-hour winds, that bodes well for Oregon State. That didn't stop. It was windy and rainy last week, and they still put up 35 points. But yeah, but it was Washington windy and rainy. It wasn't Oregon windy and rainy. What's the difference? I have no idea, but it sounds yeah, cool. You stink. <laughs> All right, let's get to our picks here. This is brought to you by our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. John, let's you go first here. This is so. Let me make it very clear here. Yep. We put rankings, and it was not how we were trying to intend it to be. These are Joe and I's power rankings, not ratings. Teams, even though in head-to-head, but we think are in the top 10 based off of what we've seen over the la- over the season and especially through last week. Joe, I'll let you go first here. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Florida State. Four, Ohio State for me. Five, Washington. Six, Alabama. I Apparently, I moved them up. I didn't even realize I did. And then seven, Oregon. Eight, Mizzou. Nine, Texas. And then 10, Oregon State is what I've got there. Mm. Could you hear me chewing ice? <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Normally, I mute myself. You're good. I'm so unprofessional. You're good. Well, All considering right. the amount of gaps I've had, I don't think we, we can really call anyone unprofessional. All right, what's your top 10? Okay, I'll come back to yours. Yeah, do yours. Here's my top 10. We pretty much are the same. The only difference that we have, and we can sit here and fight over semantics. I do have Alabama above Washington, but you have them at five. 
I have him at six. Yeah, well, let's not do this again. We do it yeah, every week. I don't really think it's worth fighting. Uh, but Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Ohio State, Alabama at number five, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Missouri, and Louisville. Um, you go first. What do you What do you hate about my? I mean, dude, we are so yeah. far into the. I think we're fighting over semantics here. Okay, I have Louisville at number ten, and what's funny is is that you got Oregon State at number ten, even though you've been bashing them. Well, because the they're a good. Minutes. They're a good football team with multiple ranked wins, uh, and I know that the UCLA win is not as ex- as sexy as it was before because they're going to be like a four. Toby Keith song. I ain't as good as I once was. They still have been a, a well-rounded, well-rounded team, and the, you know the Arizona loss looks really good for them right now. Their only bad loss they have is is Washington State, so th- their record's fine. And if they have three losses, I, I don't think they deserve. They lose to Washington and even drop out of the top 10. Who else are we willingly putting there unless they get blown out by Washington? I, I think it's a fair argument that they belong still there. I just, I'm sorry, Blake, but I really don't like Louisville as a top 10 team, man. I, I look at their schedule. I look at who they've beaten, who they've barely beaten. They have had a really soft schedule. And you know what? As a Notre Dame fan, I'm the first to admit it. That Notre Dame win does not look that good anymore. Notre Dame is a back half of the top 25 team, and I would even argue might not even be worthy of being a top 25 team. I think that they have been so underwhelming, and that win for Louisville does not look as good as it deserves to look. That's all that they've hung their hat on. That's what's gotten them this far. Their record against NC State, a close win, a close win against UVA, who they almost lost to a freshman quarterback in Anthony Calandria. I just don't UVA like it. They beat dude. North Carolina a couple weeks ago. They've been playing really well. I know we're at, they have two wins. We're, we're out on UNC because of that game. Football, you know that they've played everybody closely. They've been a pest in the ACC side. I'm, or Do you not remember them beating North Carolina a couple weeks ago? Because I do. UVA beat North Carolina with Tony Musket, who is their starting quarterback and an experienced player. Anthony Calandria, a freshman. Oh, okay, sounds good. So they, they had no film on a guy that they faced. There is film on Anthony Calandri. He's gone out there against Maryland and thrown like four picks. He's, he's okay. You say all the time that good teams find ways to win. They're coming off on a short. That you're going to say a, that. That's a seven win. That's a seven point swing game. They beat Virginia Tech by thirty one. They beat Duke by twenty three and blanked them. I, I will give you the very bad pit loss. It was really bad. Okay, and I can't defend it. Here's what I will say. I don't have a lot of backing here. They're not in one. It's fair. And, and I do. And when I watch him, so I told my good buddy, uh, buddy Bill King, been a been talking college football for over 30 years. I'll see. I'll t- uh, take a screenshot of it and send it to you after the show. Joe, did you know in August? No, not in August. In June, I sent him a text message. I was breaking down Louisville film and some of the guys that they had returning. I love the way that they play. I, look, I'm a little biased here. They play fast. They play physical. They give a shit. They're young. They're developing. I think they've gotten better at positions. I I, I just like Louisville. And I do think that there's got to be some, okay, rewards here for being 9-1. I don't care what conference you're in. They're still in a Power 5 conference. Because you know who else is playing a lot of these teams? Who? Florida State. And I, I'm just going to be real with you. But they don't have a bad loss, though. Sure. It doesn't have a bad I'm loss. Them at 10. But they're still beating up on a really, really bad ACC right now. ACC is the worst conference in the country. They are not good. Yeah, they're all. the worst P5. I don't, there's no debate there. There's no. Uh, no, the Big 12 yeah, is better than them. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. He. I don't disagree with the notion that you're saying here that their record is is good enough to put them in the conversation, but the furthest I would – I'm planting them firmly at 11 and I'm not moving them any further. I think that they've hit their ceiling because of that pit loss. If they had beaten Pitt, my conversation's out the window and they might even be up further than than this where I've placed them. And I agree with you. I like the way that they play. I, I think that Thrash is a really nice receiver. Plummer has played well. They, they've got some nice pieces, but – 
they're not going to beat Florida State. They're just not equipped to, to beat a team like Florida State. They're not nearly as athletic. I, and I'm not uh, making that debate. Yeah. What yeah, I'm saying, here, did, you watch, the, did you watch Florida State last week? Yeah, they, they, they showed oh, some that, This is the third game. All right? Listen to me now. I like Florida State a lot. I like Florida State a lot. How many games have they had under 100 yards rushing? That's a good point. Here, here's one thing, though, Blake. One of the things that you always bring up to me when we talk about you know, me propping up Washington is you, you, you like to say you don't think that they would beat certain teams. I don't think Louisville beats Old Miss. Come I don't on. think Louisville beats Tennessee. I think that there's a plethora of – like they don't beat Penn State. There's a plethora of, of – Oh, they beat Penn State. They Louisville's beat, not beating Penn State. There's no way. That Penn defense – You know why? You know why? why? I can't block nothing. those guys. You know, I need nothing else. You know why? Why? James Franklin ain't winning shit. I'm okay. done with James Franklin. Okay, well, so you're just a little hurt from, from – Yes, I'm pissed here. off. James Franklin, I had faith in you. You no good Rudy Poo. Joe, they did not – Michigan did not throw the ball, but once in the second half, and it was a pass interference, and they lost. It, it you, you bring up a good point. You do bring up a good point. I I do think, though, that Penn State beats Louisville. I think I could probably, probably sit here and pull a bunch of other teams that would beat, beat Louisville. I want to talk about, though, I think that you and I both – we both dropped Texas, or did, was I the only one who dropped Texas? Uh, where, 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 where did I put Texas again? You had them at eight. I don't know if you moved them. Oh, yeah, I moved them. I moved I, them from six to eight. I think losing Jonathan Brooks is so significant. Yeah, torn ACL, saw, if you hadn't heard, out for the year. We saw the impact of him going out of that game against TCU. It was so bad that they came back multiple scores and almost almost came back and won that football game. They almost lost to TCU. They needed Jonathan Brooks. And Cedric Baxter is really talented, and I love him. But I, I, I just can't rely on a true freshman to be the player that is a defining player in an offense that has been leaning on their run game for success recently. I'm going to pull this up because I was looking at this today, actually, because they're not they're a nine and one football team, so they played a very bad TCU team, Joe. Right? Like, I mean, TCU is not a good football team. I know that Quinn Ewers threw for three seventeen. I know Jonathan Brooks, who's not going to be there, had 104 yards rushing in two TDs. He's done for. The problem, okay, is Josh Hoover had 302 passing yards. They got run on for 101 yards. Yeah. The, uh, the Williams kid, Savon Williams, or Savion Williams for TCU, had 164 yards in the air, or uh, receiving, excuse me. That shouldn't happen against this TCU team. They're not like it's one thing for Florida State to be within a one score game of Miami. I think Miami has tons more talent mm -hmm. than what TCU does. TCU got beat by Colorado week one. I know teams get better, all this kind of TCU's just not good. And so I I do think that Texas has got to be careful. But you know what's interesting, Joe? In the past, when Texas Texas would have lost this game three years ago, right? They wouldn't be able That's to overcome point. stuff like this. I, I I just I feel something coming with Texas. Now, if they went out, I'm going to tell you the truth. And we got about five minutes here. We have we talked about this last night. What seven, eight teams that can make the playoff? Okay. Mm -hmm. I think Texas. If I had to rank the teams, I think Texas is the one that I think could get upset first. Like because Washington would have to lose twice. I don't think Oregon is losing again. Like, I, I really don't. I don't know, man. I, I just – I'm pretty I, – I, I don't like what I'm seeing out of Texas the last couple of weeks. Out of the teams that are in this equation, they have shown the most signs of, of as you're talking about, getting upset. Akon like and Look, I'm not the only one in this boat. I, I don't know about I, – look, I, Iowa State is just – I know, but not Joe, a good team. But I'm telling you, I'm telling dude, they have been playing with fire the last couple weeks. And I promise you, I will take back every bad thing that I've ever said about Matt Campbell and his stupid hat and his stupid bill and the way he folds it that stupid way. If he beats Texas, 
I will I will give him credit. I will be on the Matt Campbell train from here on out. I I'm laughing at the, the thought of you praising Matt Campbell over the negative things that you've said over him, but I, I don't think it happens. I think the Texas Tech game is going to be the one if they do get upset, it's going to be that one. Or they lay an egg in the championship game. Very possible. God, Oregon State, uh, uh, Oklahoma State, you you break my heart. I, I don't even know who's Cut up the damn. Cut the damn mullet. It'd be Oklahoma. Is it? Yeah. No, right now Oklahoma State's still second, and uh, they have the tiebreaker. Oh, yeah, one of the losses is South South Alabama. That's right. The yeah. question is: Does Oklahoma State lose again? I mean, I'd love to know played. who Oklahoma State plays all the way out. Uh, they play Houston and BYU. So, they're, I mean, assuming they don't completely crap their pants. <laughs> You're not He's cool asking a lot. You're not cool until you pee your pants. Name that movie. Uh, Waterboy. No. Is that not Waterboy? Or it's no. um, Billy Madison? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. We will see you guys again on Wednesday if you haven't done so already, hit that like button, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell. Joe, good show. We'll see everybody on Wednesday. Peace. Sure.